welcome back everybody greetings and welcome to not funny politics because we all need somewhere to laugh you know laugh through the tears at the world of pain that we live in because it's 2024 folks and we're heading into a crucial election perhaps the election of our lifetime for the umpteenth time you know again but this time it's for real i guess we'll see i honestly just hope we all survive particularly those who are living with their heads in the sand. So join us in the return of the internet's best political discussion podcast, bar none. Join me, Dr. John, and my discussion cage match with my co-hosts and debate interlocutors, Casey and Eric. Say hello, gentlemen. Hi, hello, hi. gentlemen. Yeah. Now I'm going to go ahead and check here and say that our we're fucked counter still sits at six. I have not yet adjusted it, but I'm sure I will be soon. Uh, so we're staying stable for the moment. Uh, but let us now begin. And as determined by a roll of the dice, our first topic goes to Casey. Go. Yay. There was a little thing that happened uh, this week. Um, there was a trial. There are many trials that happened this week. But um, one particular one that involves a certain Donald Trump. Um, Fonnie Willis was quote unquote on trial she said very clearly in there she is not on trial the only trial here is donald trump's election interference um but it was basically a case where the judge overseeing the um, case was going to determine if it should be thrown out because she was in an inappropriate relationship with the person that she appointed to run the case so she's the um, district attorney she picked a person to run it um it was the th her third choice um, was the one that um, got picked, but she had a relationship with that person. And he's being paid less than normal. Been paid less than normal. Um, and so the Trump team wants to have the case thrown out. Um, and the judge is going to make a determination on that soon. Well, that's not um, going to happen. It's about replacing her. It's not being thrown out. They're not yes, getting that. The, oh, they will totally throw delay, it out. Delay, delay, delay. No, no, they won't. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to enough people discuss this to say that very likely, even if she is, the chances are the strongest chance possible is that she would be removed. She'll be removed. And then potentially that would end up causing the whole case, the whole team to be removed, which could cause the case to get thrown out. No, it'd just be delayed because you would have to find someone to dismiss the charges for this case to be completely thrown out. But that's what would cause it to be d d thrown out potentially I, is that no, the other when once, if she gets thrown out, then most likely there it, it's going to be one of a couple of outcomes. They leave it exactly like it is because they have a new team, new team comes in and changes the uh, actually four outcomes. New team comes in and changes um, the number of people who are being indicted either by adding or subtracting. And, um, so adding would be one, subtracting would be other, or they just say, we're done with this case. They could potentially get rid of it. And that's what Trump ultimately wants outside of a delay. But delay doesn't help him because he needs it gone, gone, because this is a state case, not a federal, and he can't get rid of it sure. if he becomes president. So the ultimate goal is to get it fully dismissed because she would have manipulated enough stuff by what she did. My question to you guys is, should this should there we even be talking about this or should we just go like you know what f to hell with it we're still moving forward no i think we should talk about it because i honestly think that anybody who is prosecuting donald trump has to be above re repute because that's the only way they're going to maintain themselves because he is you know his people and him are twisting and manipulating the system on such a large scale in particular with his base 
as to create uh, an extreme version of mistrust. So I have no problem with her having to be uh, answer for this. And I think she did answer it very well in her appearance on Thursday. She yes, did she a did. wonderful job of standing up for herself. And I do think that if I'll be quite honest, based on my own experience, I don't think this would be happening if she wasn't a black woman. To be I don't think honest. this would be happening if she were just a man in general. No, I do. I agree. I completely agree that I think that because, you know, uh, of particularly of her, you know, of her being a successful black woman is mm -hmm. even more threatening. And I think that is one of the reasons why she is being uh, brought more so on suspicion than I think it would have happened to anybody else, because this is also the only example of a case where he has brought this up, too. Yeah. So. Maybe they just found a lying FBI agent to pretend to be an informant. <laughs> That's a different story. That is a different story. Um, I I think that my opinion on it is when you look at the there, there, there really isn't anything there. She, now that she should have, it should have been fully disclosed. Yes. I think she that she definitely broke. She should have fully disclosed this whole piece. But when you listen to what she says and with what all is done, she's all the money that they are questioning was her repaying trips and stuff or meals that they went on as a date. Yeah. Should they have been going on a date? Probably not. But again, this was her third choice. She had tried to get other people to do this. It wasn't like he was the first choice. If he was the first choice, I could see way more there, there. Well, but... there's no, there's not the, the level of impropriety that has been implied. Right. Is not there. The one truly suspicious element was the cash payments. Yes. And she did explain that. And yes. for anybody who has any knowledge of African-American culture in America, I have spoken to people who also keep cash like that around for real because of past experiences going back to times when, you know, banks, unless you were white, the bank wasn't going to help you out at all. Right. So, I mean, and that's still a problem and depending on racial, uh, you know, racial orientation, things of that nature in this country to this day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I can understand that. So I think she did an, an, um, an absolutely wonderful job defending herself in a way that I thought was really interesting. Now, I did hear somebody challenging this, some Georgia defense attorneys, but I don't think that anything other than perhaps a reprimand that this is perhaps not best practices is what I think will happen to her. Yeah, I, I I totally think the judge is going to ultimately go, you know what, you should have been, you know, better at what you were doing. You should have not created the situation. But at the end of the day, this is, doesn't look like anything that you were manipulating a case or you were doing something weird. Um, and I think he's going to allow it to stand. Well, I and think I think a lot of this gonna... boils down to the fact that, see, for Donald Trump, the idea that she would have been doing this and that it would be nefarious is completely believable to him because that's what he would do. Yeah. He would be engaged and he thinks everybody acts the way he acts, which is not normal. Yeah. That's the kind of vortex he drags you into. And the really kind of disgusting thing to me is that he takes this sort of, he has managed to become such a figure as to draw people into like a distortion field of reality that those of who are people who MAGA, who are his biggest fans, would totally believe him in thinking that he's the normal one and that mm -hmm. that's the abnormal one. Like he literally has this ability to like stifle reality within proximity to him. And the thing about the courts that I find so fascinating about why he keeps losing is that he believes this distortion reality himself. Like the, mm -hmm. the judge, the case that just came down about the New York 
Yeah. He just lost to another black woman, which I know yeah. must be bothering him. But one of the things that the judge noted in the thing about the payments was the fact that him himself and his behavior and his lack of contrition yeah. contributed to this. Yeah. Like he doesn't understand because he does not operate in a normal reality. And I think he maybe at one time he understood the difference. But like, let's talk about, you know, cognitive decline. Here's a gentleman who has been in this little alternate reality so long that he no longer can understand the difference between the world he wants it to be and the way the world is. Yeah. And he keeps acting in this way. And I think one of the things, this is probably why he hates judges, is that they are the the one people who can actually slap him in the face and say, no, this is reality. Mm -hmm. Eric, Any thoughts, Eric? Thoughts? Yeah. He's very quiet on this one. I. I don't, I don't know. I, I I don't think it was the smartest move by her, I guess, in that sense. I I do think that it's a bit of a I don't want to use witch hunt because that's a that's a well used term already. Um I think I think it's there's a lot of I think this would have happened to anyone who was found to have these charges. So I don't know how much I I, I go along with the racially motivated aspect of the charges. But I do think that they don't help. And I do think that right now that the Trump team is looking for any reason to derail their cases. And That's so exactly it. They've yeah. got to all be tight, no matter who's at the helm, no matter what's happening. You know, the, we really do need the best of the best working right Look, now. Look, inside the Trump legal team, they throw ketchup against the wall until it sticks. Yeah. 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 It's Specifically, the ketchup that Trump is already stuck there. <laughs> and I, one of the things I think is going to help Fani in this situation, I think, is all the death threats and things she was gonna, that she was getting and how she even mm -hmm. had to say, there's like a whole thing. Did he ever go to this particular house? Did he go to this house? Well, no, he didn't go to this house because I moved out of that house because the death threats that I was getting, yeah. I had to move out of this house. And the lawyer for Trump's team was like, oh, well, can you tell us? It was something about like where your children, like where your children go to school or something like that. And she's like, no, I'm not giving you information on my children. Like, yeah, because yeah, that'll end relevant. up in the hands of some psychopath. Yeah. yeah. And I think and Trump that's... doesn't do anything to discourage that. He literally just is like shrugs his shoulders. He and encourages I, it. Yeah. I think you know, like, he's he, like, he, he, away. Yeah. That, exactly. I think that's going to be part of what the judge is going to use to just dismiss this outright. Along with the the main witness, the main person they were using to say that she did this was an impropriety, was a disgruntled employee who had to be let go. Mm -hmm. And I think that one thing is enough to be like, no, there's none. There's too much. Like we can't completely believe this that this isn't just disgruntled employee. I think that's what's going to help dismiss this. But the judge is going to be pissed. Yes. All right. So there we go. On to topic two, which is me. Okay. Now, so I was having a very interesting time now that Tim Miller over at the Bulwark has taken over for Charlie Sykes in terms of the helming their main podcast, the Bulwark Pogship, their flagship. And this week I thought he had a really great slate of guests working backwards from Friday. He had been, he had been with us from the Brookings Institute who had been formally doing the Trump trials. They talked about that, but they also talked about the damage that Tucker Carlson, Putin's favorite reporter is doing. He also had Robert Draper on talking about um, 
Mark Meadows, the former chief of staff, and apparently what a slime ball he is. But the things that caught me the most that was his Tuesday and Wednesday interview. Tuesday he had on James Carville, which I thought was an incredibly fascinating. I love listening to Carville, the way he has these insights on things that should be done. And honestly, he has some his finger right on the pulse of a lot of stuff. But the one that got me really worked up, and this comes off the heels of, you know, the uh, Eric discussing Biden's New Hampshire election was Dean Phillips, Representative Dean Phillips. Mm -hmm. And I think Tim masterfully handled this guy because one of the things I came to realize real quickly, besides the fact that I was yeah. quite literally yelling at the uh, the the playing in my car the, of the podcast, <laughs> was just how shallow and like lacking depth Dean Phillips has as a candidate. It's like just some guy who thinks that because he's rich. He should be able to run and he's like got these weird generic ideas. But I think the thing that most offended me was the fact that he went, he's talked about going on Fox news because MSNBC hasn't had him on blah, 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 blah. But he goes on Fox news and he claims to make all these claims about how he's not uh, putting Biden down or anything like that. And he's defended his age and he, you know, blah, blah. And, and what's really strange about it is that the way he presents that to Tim Miller makes it think like, then why are you running? But what I've also seen is the way he talks, the claims he goes and interviews MAGA people while they're waiting for rallies. And I'm like, he says they're nice people. And like, nobody said they were bad people. But the problem no, I ultimately no, have is that when he goes on Fox News, he ends up being a useful idiot. He's gone on Jesse Waters and Jesse Waters came right out the gate and made a like a bad mouth statement to Biden. And rather than challenging it, he just sort of rolls over and plays friendly. And I'm like, where's Pete Buttigieg? Someone get this guy out there and put Pete Buttigieg back in there because this guy is just a. A, a hack i mean he's not i don't even know why he's running or what's his reasoning other than he's younger that's it so you guys tell me what you think of dean phillips based on your own experience but i want to tell say, say that tim miller had a wonderful first week no I, I i'd agree i mean i've listened to some of it i think i've gotten through the dean phillips but i haven't gotten the last two i might have seen the ben Wittis actually on youtube anyway it's all good um, I, I do like him taking over. Um, it's definitely a, a different feel so far. It 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 feels a little bit more like the Tim Miller show versus kind of the political informancy. But I, I I'm curious to see where it goes. So in that way, I'm I'm happy with it. In terms of Dean Phillips, fuck that guy. We're so done with him. Why is uh, like at this point, based on that interview, especially he just seems to be complaining. Like he just has, he's, he's the political version of like Theo Vaughn, <laughs> you know, where like <laughs> he doesn't really know what's happening. He doesn't care what's happening. He just wants to say it sucks and it should be different. And then when you really press him on how he's or why he's qualified, he really can't say his kind of main gripe is we just need someone to do this. And I was the one who stood up and I'm asking other people to join me. And it makes it sound like he's leading some crusade that no one else is on. And so the yeah. reason no one else has stood up with him, Tim, has makes it Tim sound called like him it's out for that. Fault, it's it's he's on a crusade. No one else is part of. And so he's, well, and, it's and look, again, it's, it's we're all fucking scared. I'm scared. Yeah. I, I debated my topic this week being, should we fucking like just, game out who would be a replacement theory but like for for biden but like well, i get it we're all scared we have a choice between two old men no one wants that choice but let's be honest about the choice that is in front of us then right we have two old men one's fucking old and and kind of forgetful 
They are the ones old, forgetful, and willing to fucking destroy our democracy so he can have power forever. Like, so, like, like, instead of constantly just being like, oh, they're old. I don't like that they're old. I get it. No one likes that they're old. They don't like that they're old. No one wants to fucking be 80. Right? I don't I don't know many 80-year-olds who are like, man, I'm glad I'm not 40 anymore. You know, <laughs> like that's just probably not the case. And and that's fine. I'm not saying 80-year-olds are, are are inherently bad in any other way. Or like I look forward to the knowledge that comes with age. That said, yeah, I want to fucking stay this age forever, if not a little bit younger still. So like I get it. No one wants old people in in a job. And and let's be honest. I think this was mentioned maybe on the Monday pod with Tim or or maybe Tuesdays. The reason that everyone is pointing out and so scared about Biden's it's Carvel, age, it was the Carvel one. Yeah, is actually that Kamala Harris has some issues. So yes. let's figure out how to like let's let's get to the root cause of our anxiety. And it's not Biden's age, it's the bench behind him. And so let's quit talking about how scared we are about Biden his age. And start talking about why we believe in the people behind Biden, the team around Biden, and the bench coming up behind Biden for, for election purposes. Let's make sure that they are propped up should the, the worst scenario occur. And let's right? keep Gavin Newsom really away from him. Let's keep Gavin Newsom away. Well, he gives me look, he creeps me out. Gavin Newsom's not like my favorite of the politicians. But you're damn right. I'd vote for him over most yeah, anyone in the I, Republican I know. Party. You know the well, current yeah, Republican Party truly well, so terrifying as current Republicans. He's charismatic. Yeah, let's, let's, if he became, yes. if he went for presidential, he would go more center. Than oh, I hope now. so. But Definitely. I'm just saying he he's jonesing for it like he's a, a starving man. Um, but let's well, let's get back it? to let's well let's get back to Dean Phillips. Okay, one of the things that I thought was so perplexing about the character and why I th- thought he was such an empty suit was that. He does not have a theory of his own case no. other than that he's younger. He right. doesn't have any energy. You know, if he's leading a crusade, he's the guy who said maybe it would be a great idea for us to have a crusade and then forgot to show up himself. That's what he is. Like he's not leading any I mean. And one of the things I thought was really disingenuous is he claims to be reached out to Gretchen Whitmer and all these other Democrats to challenge Biden. And the problem is, is that when I kept, when I heard him say this, I was like, how hard did you actually try? Yeah, I think he's a pick me guy. I think that's what he is. He's, he's a pick me guy. I think he may have like written them an email or something, and then who, who the fuck is this guy to go tell the rest of the fucking party what? Well, to I'm do? just saying, I don't think he made that concern. Even if that's, I don't even care about his position. I don't think he made a really strong effort. This is I think he gave the minimum. This is a guy who went into Congress in 2018. Congress, yeah, 18, like. It's been six years, Dean, and you couldn't make it all six. So what the fuck's going on? Like, how about you fucking serve your term and fucking I'm just do saying, your shit there? Instead I'm just of trying saying, to get I, some I, mean, I think he's a pick me. And I think he is like, he is like some sort of like poorly 100,000 times overdone Xerox copy. So faded, you can barely read it. Pete's version of Pete Buttigieg. And that he was not deserving to like kiss his boots. Um, and if, if Pete Buttigieg went on Fox, he wouldn't be sitting there and letting Jesse Waters dictate the conversation while he just rolled along with it either, which is the other no. problem, I think, with him going on Fox News is he's just their useful idiot. And the, and Pete Buttigieg is a team player, right? Yes. I mean, that, that matters in politics, right? And Dean clearly doesn't know how to play politics because he's not fucking playing with the team. He's not he's not leaving the dance with the person who brung him, right? And no. so he needs to fucking like go out and support his team. And yes, 
it's hard to fucking run a campaign against Biden while also praising Biden, which he seems to kind of mm-hmm. back and forth do sometimes. So he doesn't have an issue other than you're too old. Yeah, again, Dean, we know. We've all said it. Everyone else in your fucking peers have said it. All of your seniors have said it. Maybe go talk to them about what it takes to fucking all right. like make wait. shit happen. Let me get the last word to Casey. Wait, 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 wait. Casey, Casey, you put the last word in here. Yeah, we've been going. You didn't want you don't necessarily listen to the bulwark, but what's your thoughts on what we've been saying and Dean Phillips in general? Biden's old. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no one told Casey. <laughs> I almost made you do a spit take. That was worth yeah, that it. That was a good one. That well worth it. Um Dean Phillips, I, I what it sounds like is I shouldn't have voted for him today. Uh, we know you didn't. <laughs> um is he even on the ballot. <laughs> he is. He did, we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Apparently Tim Dean Phillips Williams. is on the Massachusetts early well, voting ballot. Williamson and Biden. Um and no preference at all. Um yeah, Dean Phillips should just drop out. He's he's a joke, and he'll drop out before long. I think um, Kennedy will stay on longer than Dean Phillips, but I think Kennedy will drop out before. Uh, Kennedy's not even on a Democrat, is he? No. Like one or two. Right. He might be one or two. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're all going to drop there. out. Or maybe it's, it's one gonna... or two for the whole for the Kennedy's going to run general. independent. Let's just be honest. Kennedy, 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 Kennedy. Yeah, here, you, you use I'll, that I'll, name. Here's my here's my mm-hmm. spoiler for predictions later. I've got a theory about Biden. All right, okay. all right. Moving on to our third topic, Eric, go. All right, so I'm gonna take a slight left turn from kind of the political discussion we've been doing um, to a, something that has political overtones, has political influence, and has political ramifications, but is not quite the political uh, story idea or, or kind of politics play that we think of when talking about our politicians. And that's because I'm talking about a gentleman named Andre Malotkin, I believe is how you would pronounce it. I'm probably mispronouncing that because it's Russian. Andre Malotkin um, is a Russian artist I believe he is no longer in Russia, so it's not as though he is a Russian sympathizer in that same same way. But he is a Russian artist, and he has bought and stored in, I forget exactly where, it's, I want to say it's someone in, anyway, I'd have to look it up. Anyway, he's bought a 29-ton safe. I think it's about 13 by 9 feet, so for those of you trying to get dimensions. Um, and it, inside of it are two barrels. Well, actually, inside of it are multiple plywood um, storage units and then two barrels. And those two barrels contains acid powder and an accelerant, right? Uh, a flam- flammable accelerant. And the goal is that he will fucking destroy all of the works of art inside of that safe if Julian Assange dies in prison. And that is essentially his artistic threat as an artist it will store things like some picassos some modern artists a few others it's ultimately coming to a a, an amount of about 45 million dollars of fine art um value is what the you know expected amount of the project to be and it has a camera on the inside and a camera on the outside of the safe so there are some some booby traps if you will and there's essentially some sort of fail-safe dead man switch, if you will, that will destroy this artwork should Julian Assange die in prison. Obviously, I'd like to assume 
die in prison by negative terms, but nonetheless, this art is on the line. And so not only do I want to kind of bring that as this up and talk about it, because it seems like one of the most dramatic insane. It seems well, it seems insane, maybe, in my opinion, but we'll get there. One of the most dramatic ways of having this sort of art protest that we've seen kind of growing as of late in general, where this is obviously one sort of true effort to destroy art, you know, as a as a kind of leverage or threat. But then we've also seen a constant stream of like people throwing chili at the uh, the Mona Lisa and, and other artworks lately in protest of oil drilling and things like that. Is this an effective strategy? Is this a worthwhile strategy? And is this something you would agree with in any in any sense? No, I don't agree with it. I'm going to tell you exactly why. I think this is like terrorism. It's how I feel. But I do not approve of anybody attempting to destroy art, using art as part of your protest where you are trying these people who go up and throw these okay, things. Well, Thank goodness those artworks are protected. We're talking about someone who's literally trying to blow up art. Okay. No, I know. I know. But I want to point out one thing you just said <clears throat> that I just have. I, I'm against 100% right off the bat. Using art for protest. No, I no, think I'm, if you are doing art for protest, like painting yes. a picture, that is 100% acceptable. Yes, let me clarify. Like throwing, the act of art. Yes, for protest. but throwing the, act the of art, soup yes. can onto the Mona Lisa is dumb and it doesn't serve any purpose. It just so makes everybody just hate go you. Out and, it yeah. makes We're everybody not hate you that that and what you're saying. That this no, project and I don't, is an if art you want to make art as no. protest, that is fine. I have nothing, no problem with the creation of art. But is when you try to destroy art or damage art, I'm honestly saying every time I've seen one of those protesters throw something at a painting and then glue themselves or whatever to it, you know what I want to know? What's your cause? I don't ever want to hear about you again. Go to hell. That's what I think of them. Like, it does not make me sympathize with you. It makes me hate you. Like, you are not doing anything that's actually gaining. You're getting attention. You're getting the wrong kind of attention from me. Right. This was actually a topic on Bill Maher this week, oddly enough, between Van Jones um, and Coulter and Bill Maher. They actually were talking very specifically because Bill was like, what do you think about these young protesters who are throwing soup at the right. Mona Lisa? Um, and Van was very much in our camp of like, these people, like, what the hell are you even protesting? Like, you're not even clear and you're you're throwing you're throwing like regular soup at things, but you're like, I'm a vegan and I'm pre- here to protect like the vegan world. So I'm going to throw this meat soup onto this painting and that will help my cause. I don't know how. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a whole well, dumb thing. You you're know what the, what's your article about f- destroying the stuff that should just be a criminal offense right there to destroy a work of art. I mean, that... it's all donated art. It's all art. He's oh, either no. owns or has been donated for this purpose. Okay, if that's the case, because I didn't get to read the thing, because I had to step away for just a second. Yeah, so if this it is. So let me let me clarify this very specific thing of the forty five million dollars worth of art. Some of it is being donated by artists directly, um, and some of it is being donated by owners of collected artworks that obviously the owner is dead, such as the Picasso mentioned. I don't know which artwork by Picasso, but a Picasso. Then in that case, then I will at least say if it's his own stuff that spent his own money. It's not his. Or- Right, but anything is right, but anything that he did spend the money on himself or someone else spent and gave to him for said purpose, I don't agree with it. I think it's dumb, but in that instance, I'm fine with it if you want to do that. But if it's you're going out and just finding, like, I'm going to go take every Andy Warhol and I'm just going to burn them all before you can stop me, that I'm 100% against. This brings up a bigger, a bigger question that maybe I'll ask here too. 
which is if I buy a Picasso, do I have the right to destroy that Picasso? Or, that's, that's, or that's, that's a completely, that's a completely different world. subject. I think that's that's a completely that, that, different topic yeah, that goes, of discussion. That goes oh, let me right let there. me circle back here. I want to start by talking about the soup people. There's a, there's a misconception in our culture now that I think has been accelerated by social media that somehow all attention is good attention. It's not. Yeah. Um, I think that's a problem. But getting back to this specific agreed, agreed idea, and he's doing this if something happens to Julian Assange. I don't necessarily find Julian Assange to be that sympathetic a figure that I would put art on the line for him. I get that there's a lot of people who like him. I understand why they like him. I've listened to him be interviewed. I listened to an interview with him and Edward Snowden. I'm not exactly the biggest fan of Edward Snowden and what he did either, but I understand him. With Julian Assange, it reeks of an ego. Well, and I just and I just can't I can't, you know, he personally puts me off. And I don't want him to die. I don't want him to die. No, I think he deserves no. to receive justice or exoneration for whatever, whatever I think. What let that those things play out. That's fine. But this idea that he's somehow worth hanging a threat over the world that I'll destroy this art and like I don't see him as being worth that. He's not worth it. But again, it just goes to the if if someone gives the art to the person and they acknowledge that they know what's going to happen to it and or he buys it himself or the artist creates it and gives it to them at that point as much as i don't agree with it it is still his right to do it it's and fine but i think it's stupid it's dumb yeah i'm very dumb but... i'm a billionaire and i just bought venus de milo do i get the do i have the right to destroy it technically if you own it you have the right should you no you probably shouldn't and but the world should ostracize will, you for it. Yes, history will judge you for it for destroying that work of art. But you Just own like, it. You're history right. will it judge Elon right. Musk is not that smart. So yeah, <laughs> and I think I think if this guy does it, I think this guy should publicly have to burn it all or destroy it all publicly, oh, so everyone will. watches him. He do literally it. make a hostage. It's a live create stream. a hostage a situation. Yeah. yeah, it's a live. And stream. he should have his face on there, and whatever the repercussions that come about it are, he should have to accept because he did it. And I, if he's written in the history books as destroying the greatest work of art, which it probably won't be in that collection, but if it did, then he should be should go in the history book. And I think this points to to me to a larger issue of like pick and choose activism as well mm -hmm. how many people are imprisoned at the moment how many people even against the by the u.s government have have been detained you know there was that gentleman i think from fall river or whatever in massachusetts last mm -hmm. year you know how many different people are are on consistently detained for for leaking classified instrument or a classified information classified a sensitive information whatever it may be there's tons of people who are in prisons why are we only doing this for Julian, right? There's a lot of people in Julian's position, debatably, right? Innocent attention. or not. It's a, the attention it's factor. The attention. Right. Julian it's the, who, attention. who speaks the loudest? So, who does the news think is sexiest? It's these things like this. Him okay. doing this, this complete action of doing this, is an attempt to redraw the attention to Julian. back to it. Right. That's which why makes he's this, doing this. This is an attention-grabbing effort. Which makes this ring all the more hollow to me because it, it comes across as as self-promoting, right? He's doing this for his own attention at this point or to, to latch himself onto the Julian Assange attention, right? Whereas yeah. he's not doing this for a Chelsea Manning. No, he's not. And we'll have to leave it there for today. Uh, so, all right. 
let me pull up my notes there that I forgot. All right. So are we fucked by the way? How how are we? Fucked? Well, we might as well add one in there. So I'll make sure to note that that's a definitely we're fucked we right are there. Fucked. So there you go. All right. So Formal. any bold predictions for the week? I want to touch on a, a prediction. Um, well, first off, I predicted a couple weeks ago on Trump was going to have to owe a lot of money. He does. He does. Yes. It was a little bit later. It's like uh, two weeks after I predicted it, but he still owed um, $355 million. So fuck you, Trump. Um, pay that money that you owe. But I do want to say I've got a new prediction that I want to add in there. This one won't be for a bit, but I think during the DNC convention, Biden will announce that he's not actually going to run and they're going to have to have, they're going to have to go a the broker whole convention to no. broker it and to get a new. Yep. I think it's going to, I totally think it's going to. And I think the reason I think it's going to is I think the trials are going to happen to Trump and it's going to affect the numbers enough where they're going to see that Trump can't be the nominee. Hmm. We'll see. Mm. Any so predictions, I Eric? I don't think so. Um. Yeah. I, yeah. I, so I have two. The first is in, in preface to the other one. I predict I'll be wrong. <laughs> but I there's something that this feeling in me that Dean Phillips is going to get out of the race this week. Like this I get week? the feeling that it's he's done. Like there's just nothing else to fight for. There's you don't no think attention. he'll make it to Super Tuesday? I just don't think there's any more attention to be had by him. And I think for that reason... He might hold on. Like I said, I, I predict I'll be wrong. But like I I just get the feeling that he's run his course. There really is no purpose for him to stay in. He would serve himself better elsewhere if he still wanted to make this argument. And so I think that at the very least, the money's not there to keep going. Like he, what is unless he's just truly funding this own pocket at this point, which yeah, I don't know where well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet against you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go All against right. you and say he won't drop out this week because he is self-funded. Um, mm. And in particular, I think he's going to stick it in until Super Tuesday. So I there's my counter. Till, What's his I exit strategy at any point, though? If that's he doesn't case. have one. Yeah, it's that's like the United problem. States and Iraq. He has no exit strategy. So Super Tuesday so, is the best exit strategy. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So um, I hope we have informed you or minimally entertained <laughs> you. Very likely we've scared you a bit, but welcome. Or to confused party. you. Yes, confused you as well. Uh, but let's or all try to laugh. you to sleep with our dosset tones. Uh, maybe. I don't think we're that dosset. <laughs> uh, but hopefully we'll uh, make you laugh through the tears. Uh, so subscribe to us uh, in our new feed and check out that is uh, we'll be including in the notes for our other Off the Reels podcast. Um, like and comment. Uh, where can they chat us up, Casey? If you'd like to write in and let us know your questions, comments, concerns, or just your feedback, you can write us at notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com. You can find us on the Instagram at not underscore funny underscore guys underscore presents on the Twitter at not funny guys pod on blue sky at the not funny guys. All right. Thank you very much. And thank you, gentlemen. Until next week, when we will try to do this again, I hope we're still around. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>